Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we reckon might be underrated, underseen, or sometimes we just wanted to talk about them. I'm your host for this week, Alice Oliver. With me, as always, is Josh Hallam, and it was his turn to pick the film this week, and he went with Man of Steel from 2013. So let's see what we have to say about this one. So then, Josh, Man of Steel, Ooh, 2013. Indeed. I'm excited about this. Yeah, I'm excited about I think this. I think you probably tell I was a bit excited after yeah. my reaction last week <laughs> uh, when you said you were going to be picking this. So yeah. we are doing Man of Steel this week, listeners. So spoiler warnings if you have not seen it yet. So Josh, do tell us what is the film about and why did you pick it? Okay, so a few reasons. This About this time last year, roughly, you picked Superman 2. Oh, yeah. Which you still think you might have meant to pick Superman 3. Yeah, but you know what? I have no regrets. I have absolutely no regrets because Superman 2, yeah, is rated very highly. But after mm. watching it again, I was like, you know what? If this ain't 100%, then it's underrated. It's underrated. Um, so when you picked uh, Superman 2, I looked at other Superman films and obviously Man of Steel is one of those. And I looked at the score and I thought, God, that's a lot lower than I thought it would be. Um, so I added it to my list and I thought, well, what better time to do it than about a year since the last Superman film? And equally, it, this film is... This film is 10 years old this year. It's obviously not 10 years old. It's, uh, yes. it's released in the summer, but it's 10 years old this year. So that's that's uh, why I picked it. it is, I've picked it because it's not on the scene, but I believe it is underrated. Before we do get started, though, I want to say this isn't about the DCU. This isn't about the Snyder Cut. This isn't about any of the Marvel versus DC. You know, <laughs> the, it was all a conspiracy and DC's better. It's not about any of that bollocks. I don't want to talk about that. There's plenty okay. of people doing that. This is about the film Man of Steel and the fact that I think it's underrated. I don't really have a dog in the fight of the, that whole thing because no. I just think, well, no. you shit. know, I'll buy my sweets from whichever sweet shop will sell me my sweets. Yeah, whichever sweets I mean? you like at the time. Yeah. You know I mean? so, yeah. So, so it's not about that. This is about the film Man of Steel, not about what came after it, not about... Any of that, it's just about the film. So I think we know the answer. You'd seen this one before, right? I had seen this one yeah. before. And before it came out, when there was like news that it was gonna come out, mm. I was really excited. Like I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know if it was because obviously I love the old Superman films. Mm. So I think a bit of that kind of nostalgia hit was kind of creeping in. But I was so excited when I see that this was mm. coming out. Watched it when it came out, have seen it a few times since. My 
so I always really liked this film. I yeah. always really liked this film. I did right? get that impression. And, <laughs> from yeah. your reaction. If, and, if you'd have gone, um, I was so excited because I think this is wank. Yeah, and I'm then... about to tear you down, Josh. I'm going to tear you down. Uh, so with this one, so I'm not sure how you do your list of films, right? But I have I have my hard list, which is a written down list that I keep right. in my phone. And then I've got like my straddler list of films that... I sometimes think in my head, oh, could I put that on the list? No, maybe I shouldn't. And mm. I go back and forth with it. And this was one of those ah. films. It's a straddler film for me. So almost on my list, but not quite. So again, why I was very excited when you chose it. Right. I see. I see. So generally speaking, you have a good relationship with this film. You liked it. So, well, in that case, let's let's see what we thought then. So go on then. Do you want to go first or shall I go first? No, I think, Josh, this is your pick. I want you okay. to tell me. I want you to tell me what you love about this film. Because I, I've got to say, I am surprised that you think this is underrated. I right. don't think you would. So also why I'm excited to do this episode. So go on, lay it on me. Okay. So me, look, you know, before we go on to that, it's not a perfect film. Um, <laughs> but we'll come on For to sure. that later. But we're all about the optimism, the positivity, aren't we? Absolutely. So, for me, you know, main strengths are the way it looks, the way it sounds, the cast, those sort of little movie magic Superman moments, and mm-hmm. and the film, generally speaking, as a Superman film. So mm-hmm. let's talk about let's talk about how it looks and how it sounds. I think that this film, even now, looks amazing because it's a mixture between stylistically for me. And some of the stuff I say might sound ridiculous, but I'm going to say it anyway, because you know what? It's our podcast. Um, but there are bits of it where it jumps between looking like, a. obviously it's a high budget film, right? This is a, it's a massively, massively expensive film. But there's a bit where it jumps between very much looking like a very, very expensive film and also looking a little bit like an indie film with Superman in it. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like that. So, you know, for starters, Krypton, it looks brilliant for me. Mm-hmm. It looks the best it's ever looked. I know that it's, you know, the older films are sort of fighting their fight with one arm behind the tether around the back. But the moment, you know, there are moments and shots in this where Jarrell, who is Superman's dad, played by Russell Crowe, is looking out on basically Krypton dissolving and exploding. And it just looks incredible. The mm-hmm. the way it sort of looks like it could be a version of Earth, but it's not, you know, I, I really like that. The way all the props and the costumes and you know things like the codex and and all that look i think it looks absolutely fantastic there's some really really great camera work in this you know there's bits where you're watching superman fight and it's done in a way that i think is done to, i don't know if it is done this way or appears to be done this way it's like handheld so the bit for example where fiora who is one of zod's um Who's one of Zod's sort of generals or corporals or whatever? He's one of his underlings. Is fighting Superman in a in a shop, and it's like you're watching it there because it's all done so quickly. It's not slowed down. It's not done with any perception to the point where it's like, oh, well, because they would be moving so fast, you have to slow it down. Which is surprising when you sort of think about what Zack Snyder is famous for in terms of that slow mo thing of. 300 and Watchmen and stuff like that. But I, I really like the camera work. There's the scene where he's fighting Feora in the in the shop. There's the scene where he first learns to fly and it appears like he is, when he is flying, you're almost watching it with a God's eye view as if you're a drone watching him or a bird watching him or, or whatever. So I thought that was really, really great. Um, so overall, I think it looks great. I love the Superman costume. I just realized as well, we haven't said what it's about. But oh, yeah, 
It's Guys, Superman it's film. Su- it's Superman, it's right? Superman, Super- it? Superman you know I mean? is baby on Krypton. Is the planet's, the planet's dissolving. His parents send him to bath. Earth. And then it's good. He finds, yeah, yeah. He finds Jonathan and uh, Martha. Martha, Kent. They raise him. He meets Lois Lane. They have a kiss. Etc. Yeah, etc. Zombies here. He's bad. Snog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it looks amazing. It sounds amazing. Whether that's the sound effects or Hans Zimmer's score, I love Hans Zimmer's score. So one of my favourite pieces of music from a superhero film is the song that's just called "Flight," which is surprisingly when he first learns to fly. So that's that's the one of the main things of how it looks and it sounds. I'll move on to the next sort of points I've got in a minute, but I think I want to come to you first. What do you think of how it looks and how it sounds? Uh, I mean, it's just absolutely striking. Like, completely agree with everything you just said, pretty much. The whole visual style of the film I just find completely engaging. So there's so much dramatic imagery in this, like oil rigs blowing up, Mm. the whole fishing boat accident sequence, all the stuff on Krypton, and then some of the combat action sequences as well, where there's, like, trains being flown through the air and planes crashing into buildings. Some of it really feels like a war film at times, Mm. and I love that. And there's such a great use of colour and texture here as well and i just i thought it looked great and obviously the sound just complements that brilliantly yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah i'm complete completely with you there okay okay well i'll move on to my next point about the sort of cast and stuff in a minute but what what else do you like what what do you like about it so i just i really like the concept and the story right so it's superman but he's a bit darker he doesn't seem afraid to scare people he comes mm. across as a little bit selfish and a bit spiteful as well like mm. when he gets into a slight altercation with a man at the bar he works at he completely and violently destroys his truck <laughs> in such a dramatic way that it really sends a message and the message to foot for me is next time this will be you and i'm a huge fan of the fact that at the end spoilers again listeners just in case that he snaps Zod's neck, right? Mm. This gives me the sort of satisfaction that I was missing at the end of Superman 2, right? Where he just sort of throws Zod off screen and then that's the end of it and you don't really know what happened. So I found this incredibly satisfying. I'm a huge fan of dark Superman, just dark superheroes in general. Mm. Like when I think about like the Dark Knight trilogy and that, I love that trilogy, but I often wonder what could have been if those films had all been rated 18, right? Mm. But then, so back to Zod and Superman. So the thing about the neck snap, as well is that it feels like it was controversial controversial. but it feels like a very human way to kill someone like I know obviously your your average Joe and like definitely not me are ever going to kill someone with their bare hands in this way you've never snapped anybody's neck you know I've tried given it a go I've not got the forearm strength Josh I've told you this they always get away don't they and then (laughs) then you have to get off the bus and get the next bus and exactly oh it's just a nightmare (laughs) absolute nightmare one day I will get my revenge um but because he's not like he's not decapitating him with his laser eyes and he's not mm. pushing a building onto him or you know flying him to the moon and crushing his head in with moon rocks it just <laughs> feels like so raw and just like such a human way to kill someone and there's just something so horrifying about that and like the normality mm. of it and then that sort of warpy reverberation effect that comes off him as he does it that ripples through him i just thought it was absolutely excellent and such a sophisticated way to demonstrate how strong he is like everything else is just so oh yeah he can lift a bus and oh yeah he can push a boat upright and you know he can fly back in, around the world backwards so quickly that everything goes back mm. in time you know that sort of thing and this it was just like no i'm just gonna snap his fucking neck yeah, like, oh. so I've I've changed my mind on the next now. Oh, tell me what you think about. So the when next I went to see this at the cinema, I very much came out of it like, nah, Superman wouldn't kill anybody. He's too much of a boy scout. Right. Yeah. 
And I was very much like, no, but then I, I actually think what I like in this is that he gives him no choice. He gives him no choice. He says, don't do this. Zod is literally so, about to kill like a family of four. And I think it's, yeah. And I think it's meant to be, I think the point is, is it is, it is a learning Superman. Yeah. So I think he's young. He's learning. There's a bit in that, which is also a flaw of the film, which we'll come back to. But I think this, I think the point of that is he's a young Superman. He doesn't fully know what he's doing yet. At the end of the day, Zod and all of his underlings are soldiers, right? Mm -hmm. And all the only advantage that Superman has in this film is that he has lived on Earth already. Yeah, he gets it. He, yeah. it. There's nothing that you see that he has any combat training or any ability mm -hmm. to fight. He just is strong and is fast. Mm -hmm. Whereas if they were in, you know, endowed with the first with the same powers as him. Well, the, you know, that'd be like saying, well, who would stand a chance in a fight? Me or a highly trained soldier? Mm -hmm. But we both had three months to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, I can do all the weights and eat all the protein I want, but if I don't train in combat, it'll still batter me. Mm -hmm. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I think I like the idea that he's, he makes the decision of I'll never be able to stop him. Mm. He's already, you know, he's not going to be able to arrest him, is he? Where is he going to yeah. keep him? Because mm -hmm. the only, in the Superman 2, they put him back in the Phantom Zone. Yeah. But the Phantom Zone in this is a ship mm -hmm. because the whole Fortress of Solitude Phantom Zone thing in this is they are, they're actually just warships. They're not actually mm -hmm. like a, they're not like some sort of spooky space sci-fi prison. They're just a mm -hmm. ship, right? So at first I, I have changed my, 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 uh, my mind on the next snap. I think the whole idea is he gave him no choice. It was his last resort. It was him or, you know, effectively this guy could lay waste the whole planet if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so he, he did it. And at the end, he's, he's not happy about it, is he? He's not like, oh, well, no, job not. done. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, he, he's, he's crying, he's upset and all, and all, you know, because he's effectively, and it's all clear, is he upset because he's killed one of his own or is he just mm -hmm. upset because he's had to kill somebody? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't mind that I have changed my mind on that. Just to touch on what you said there as well, I, I completely agree. I love those little those little moments. So the bit where yeah, he, he absolutely batters the guy's truck in the bar. Oh, what I like so is the good. moment that, that preces that where the guy tries to shove him. Yeah, and, and it it's like budge, right? It's like he's trying to push similar. a house over. Exactly. Yeah. Very similar to Terminator 2. We, yeah, have, we yeah, have a very yeah. similar moment. So, that so as I absolutely, well. I love that bit. I love the bit where he put his, it, Zod attacks his mother. Mm -hmm. So he punches him while screaming, you dare to threaten my mother. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love that bit. I like, like, that's what I mean. The whole bit is he's a bit, he's not actually, doesn't fucking know what he's doing. No, he's, he's out of control. He's, isn't he? he's, he's a bit like a teenager. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they say he's sort of 33, but it's quite clear that what's happened is he's just sort of drifted. Mm -hmm. So he appears to his, you know, obviously Jonathan and Martha Kent know about him because they have adopted him and they, they know all that. So he seems to sort of drift and occasionally go back home and stay with them. Mm -hmm. and then go and drift some more and figure out what it is he's meant to do or or whatever. So so I like those little Superman moments. The bit where he stands up and breaks the handcuffs like they're nothing. Like it's nothing. Like, yeah, like he's yeah. ripping a piece of toilet roll off. Like I think yep. that's absolutely brilliant. So those those little Superman moments, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, I think really, really make it. And it is a more serious feeling take on Superman. Mm -hmm. And I think we've done more serious Batman and we've done more serious, but I think there's something about the tone of this one that really works and really mm -hmm. set everything up to be like, okay, we could really build from this now. As I say, we're not talking about what happened next, but oh, it does break my heart a little bit. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so is there anything else for you or should we go on to talking about the cast and, and, and the film as a Superman film? 
Well, the, the next point that I do have is about the cast. So that was a great segue, well, Josh. It's, it's, like, it it's like he's reading hey. my mind, Liz. So I do believe. I do, very good. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I do believe that some of the casting in this is strong. So Michael Shannon as Zod, I do oh. think he's a great choice, right? And these were some seriously big shoes to fill for me because Terence Stamper Zod is one of the most Iconic. sublime things I've ever seen. It, it's, yeah. it's, it might be, Josh, my favorite performance of all time i was what, thinking about zod, it uh, terry stamp, stamp yeah because okay. i was thinking about it while i was watching this and i was just kneel before zod like i kept thinking of just the way he speaks and his presence and everything they went different with this one didn't they I they did the ob- go different they went we can't do we can't do megalomaniac no <laughs> so let's go psychopath yeah yeah but it, it does work and i do think i do think shannon was a good choice here he's brilliant um, he's, he's brilliant in everything he is. He is good, isn't he? He's one of them. He's he's always um he like always Alice feels quite striking. Yeah. Yeah, he just yeah. delivers. You, he turns up and you go, Okay, I'm in good yeah. hands. Yeah. He's I'm in good like, hands. Oh, yeah, I get it's gonna it. be fine. I've, I've read the script. I know what yeah, my character's yeah, yeah. about. I get this. I, yeah. I watched Bullet Train the other day. Oh, I've not uh, seen it. And is he it turns up in that he turns up okay. in that for about twenty minutes and he's just yeah. like, Oh yeah, Michael's here. It's yeah, there fine. we go. Be fine. He's here to rescue. I mean, he's definitely going to kill everybody the on screen, but <laughs> it's, it's fine. But yeah, I mean, the bit, the bit in this where they're putting them in the Phantom Zone and he's speaking to to Lara, who's Superman's mm. mum. For me, that is top tier comic book villain acting. Yeah, yeah. Where he's yeah. like, "Oh, you think he's safe? You think he's safe? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll find him." And you're like, "Oh, fuck, he's going to find him." Menacing, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely he's, menacing. He's, quite, he's so. I mean, he's I, he's. I think he's an outstanding and underrated actor, Michael Shannon, but he is he's great in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed him and I, I was really pleased with it because I was I was always going to be very judgmental of this because of the precursor of Superman 2, but no, I was very impressed. I do also think that Henry Cavill is a good choice as Superman, specifically. Maybe not necessarily his Clark Kent, which I don't think is as strong. And I do apologise for this and I'm going to try and not fall and hark hark back to Superman 2 all the time, but it's difficult because I love it. But one of the things I love about Christopher Reeve is that he was an excellent Clark Kent and Superman, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so do you think, and when you're talking about Clark Kent, I think we need to differentiate between the Clark Kent, who he is privately, and the Clark Kent who works at the Daily Planet. Mm -hmm. Do you mean... Both of those, or do you mean the public facing Clark Kent nerdy journalist that he doesn't quite narrow, he doesn't quite nail that? I think it's, I think it's both of them. I think it's when he's trying to, when he's trying to behave all humany, when, mm. when he's trying to behave, when he's allowed to just be Superman, when he's allowed to just mm. be his authentic Kal El self, mm. it works with Henry Cavill because he's got. <laughs> so my feelings about Henry Cavill are very similar to my feelings about Keanu Reeves, right? Oh, I yeah. do not think they are the best actors in the world and they do not always give great performances, but mm. there are certain roles where whatever it is that they're doing just works. Born and, to do it, isn't it? It's like Craig yeah, David. Yeah, exactly. And with Henry Cavill in this, him as Superman works. Yeah, it just totally agree. works for It's me. like The Witcher. I have not, I've only seen, I gave up on The Witcher, mm-hmm. but I could see that he was just born to play Geralt, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 but that he wasn't the problem. I just sort of went, not for me. Stop watching. Was it for you? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I think I do think he's very, very well cast as Superman. That mm. nerdy side of Clark Kent, completely agree. But I equally, I would counter that with doesn't get a chance to do it. 
Not not much in this. Not much not in, in this one. We're sort of projecting forward a little bit there. It, yeah, to, and, and in, in the other one. ones, again, even in the other ones, he doesn't get loads of opportunity to do yeah. it. He probably gets the most time is in, is in Batman versus Superman. And even then you're like, you're not fucking nerdy. You're like a guy who walks straight out of the high school football team yeah, into problem, a journalist job. Like you're too... And obviously, obviously, you know, he's almost, you know, Henry Cavill's one of these people. He's like a Margot Robbie. He's almost objectively attractive, mm-hmm. chiseled, guy looks like a Greek statue, right? Mm-hmm. Without, you know, I think, I don't think that's an unfair thing to say. So you have to do things to make him look a bit nerdier. And what they do in this is put some glasses on him. Yeah, I yeah. know. And that's, and, that, and that's kind of it. Whereas obviously Christopher Reeve just got the slick he held, hair, you got held the, himself yeah, so differently. Yeah, you know, yeah. His posture, his mannerisms, everything about and him that is what And that is what Reeve does much better than Henry Cavill, yeah. is that differentiation. Granted, he gets far more of a chance to do it. Yeah, certainly. But, certainly. but he does do it better when he is given a chance to do it. So yeah, so, yeah, so, do you, so, so happy with Cavill as Superman? Happy with Cavill as Superman. A little bit disappointed that obviously he's not coming back. And I think <sighs> is it James Gunn who's taking on the new yeah, Superman with David Corrin Sweat. Yeah, I don't, news, I don't know who that is. I mean, the Ollie's, guy looks like Ollie Superman. Says, well, Ollie says yeah. visually he looks. He, he looks, just looks like you know, Superman. Spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, but it's, I'll like, give it it's a like when they cast Tom Holland as Peter Parker, and everyone went, "Oh yeah, okay." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> skinny white guy. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, 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 little nerdy white guy. That's fair enough. Yeah. So yes, I mean, look, I'm really excited to see what James Gunn does with it obviously James Gunn's fantastic um David Corrinsweat I don't know much about he looks like mm-hmm. Superman Rachel Brosnahan who's been cast as Lois Lane is a phenomenal actor so if you've mm. not seen her in Mrs. Maisel at Marvel's Mrs. Maisel you should check that out she's brilliant in it really excited to see what happens but I am a little bit heartbroken that we won't get to see Henry Cavill and I am you know again I'm not here to talk about how it went but I am a little bit heartbroken that he just mm-hmm. didn't get anything beyond this Mm-hmm. I mean, even when they announced Batman versus Superman, they did the big announcement. They had um, Harry Lennox, Harry Lennox Kelly, who plays the general in this, who then is retconned to be Martian Manhunter in the Snyder Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, he did this. He did a so. There's a very famous bit of dialogue in The Dark Knight Returns about Batman beating Superman and saying it's you know, well, it's a famous bit of dialogue. I'm not going to repeat it if if if, if you don't know it because I don't know it off the top of my head. But <laughs> they made a little teaser trailer, and mm-hmm. that was like, oh, it's going to be Batman and Superman. Everyone went mental, and then hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. 
But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Then, I even, even then, before Batman vs. Superman came out, I remember thinking, this is too soon. Mm-hmm. Because okay. what happens in this film is we end up with a the world knows who Superman is, mm-hmm. but he's not. Superman will save us. He's established. So I think they, you know, they tried to catch it with Marvel too quickly by going, "Oh, let's just fucking lump it all in, and then yeah. we'll get we'll catch up with the Avengers in four films or whatever it is." So my heart does break a little bit for for um for the for the fact that we can get more Henry Cavill as well. Another thing on the cast as well, I think a. Russell Crowe is very, very well cast as his dad. I think he does a good job in this. Um, and I do also want to shout out as well, I think Amy Adams is pretty good. I think some people don't aren't that keen on her take, but I like that they give her stuff to do where she's actually a journalist. And she gets to kick a little bit of ass as well. But I know you've mentioned there's some issues with the casting that isn't perfect, which I... I don't have issues with the cast in which I'll come on to, but there is a particular treatment of a character that I want to come on to. Um, so yeah, is there anything else for you in, the t- in, in terms of what you liked? So just touching on what you said there about Russell Crowe. So I thought that Russell Crowe as Jorel, when he's the hologram AI type thing on Earth speaking to Superman, I think that's really good and really strong. And I preferred him as the dead hologram dad type thing than I did when he was just himself on Krypton, which I did find a little bit less convincing and a little bit cheesy at times. Oh, really? I did, yeah. But this made me realise something, right? And so this whole film for me, weird relationship with this film, right? Like It's almost like I can see its flaws. Its flaws are glaring, yet there's something about it that just drags me in and pulls me in. And I think part of that is that it makes me realise other things about the older Superman films that maybe I hadn't noticed before Mm. or just hadn't realised and that sort of thing. So... When he's doing, when he's being the AI and he's all like, he's very robotic, he's very inhuman, he's just sort of very stoic and stuff. And it reminded me of in Superman 2 when Superman is speaking to his mum in the Fortress of Solitude and she's Mm. being really robotic and inhuman and like just describing what's going to happen to him when he loses his powers. Like she's just, you will bleed like a real man. You will die like a real man. So then when she steps towards him and touches his face and says, oh, my love, are you sure? Like, it just hits so much harder. And I never really understood why when I was watching it, like why I found that moment so emotional Mm. and why it had such an impact. But then seeing Russell Crowe and the difference between how he is when he's his human self on Krypton and then when he's being this robotic AI thing, whatever it is, on Earth, made me... It just made me realise that it's because of that sort of change in tone and change in demeanour. Mm. Like she goes from being this AI, this sort of disembodied AI voice to then just being his mum. So stuff like that is what makes watching Man of Steel, I think, enjoyable for me and just mm. that little bit more fun because it's like, oh, oh, that's why that moment was so impactful. It's because she goes from being like, you will die a real man blah, blah, blah. and then it's like oh no she's just his mum she's just yeah. a mum who's worried about her kids sort of thing yeah, yeah. so Russell Crowe's performance in this helped me realise that therefore this is a long winded way <laughs> to get to my point therefore I appreciated it Right then, so we'll move on to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or perhaps anything that we would change and we are both sensible reasonable people And I think we know that there is a lot wrong with this film. 
So let's get into it, Josh. Indeed. Lay it on me. What are you thinking? I've got sort of a couple of little things and I've got one bigger thing that's a real issue for me. What do you want to hear first? Uh, hit me with the big one. Let's so, go in hard. Okay, the big one. And I've actually mentioned it also on another podcast, I think on um, on Top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I initially said that I thought Kevin Costner was miscast mm-hmm. as Jonathan Kent. I've, I've, I don't think that. I think my issue is not him. It's his death. Yeah, uh, yeah. His death, him, his death is, and I can't put, you know, I can't think of any other way of saying it. It's fucking stupid. It's bad and it is yeah. stupid. He's <laughs> killed. Stupid. So the, the whole point of Jonathan Kent's death, for me anyway, as a fan of the character of the comics and of all that, is that some people Superman can't save. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, he's got all this power. He can't save someone from having a heart attack mm-hmm. or cancer or disease or Ill, mm-hmm. uh, other illness, right? And so the way they get around that is going, what if we put him in a situation where he could definitely save him? Definitely save it's and only he, a tornado. Uh, I mean, Superman's faster than a tornado. He just doesn't. Yeah. Just doesn't yeah. save his dad. Kevin Costner because his dad his goes, "Don't he save me." Holds nah, his hand out. You're all right. Shakes his head. Yeah, shakes no, his I, head I will. Like that. I tell you what, it. I'll do, Dad. I'll save you, and I'll just you can be angry at me. Yeah, fuck at it. least you're, yeah. at least you're alive. Because at the end of the day, you could pick him up and fly off without anyone seeing. Exactly. We're just, you're fast, Superman. You're so you could just fast. overturn the car and then put him back under the car once the hurricane's gone and go, oh, he's just, he's sort of a bit hurt, but he's all right. <laughs> yeah. You could even say, I'm going to have to break your arm. Mm-hmm. I have to do something so you sustained mm-hmm. an injury. But yeah. the fact that he just goes, don't save me, he goes, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. His no, wife has to just watch him get yeah, taken yeah, away yeah, by yeah. this tornado. His much, yeah. much too young wife, which is yeah. another point. It, <laughs> do you know how old Diane Lane is in this film? How old? I don't think she's even 50. Right, and how old's Kevin Costner? Well, it's not the age difference between the two that's the issue, but oh, right. probably in, it's more the fact that he says, I've been on the earth for 33 years, general. So he's 33 okay. at this point. So she had him when she was 10. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, she adopted him. I suppose they adopted him, so she could be much younger. They could, could have um, adopted a 10-year-old, yeah. No, what I mean is she, she, there's no biological implications for her, is there, because she adopted yeah, yeah. him. So I suppose you could adopt a kid when you are much too young for that kid to age as if you biologically had him. So maybe mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, the big one is Jonathan Kent's death. I think it's mm-hmm. fucking stupid. The whole mm-hmm. point of that character is that Superman can't save everybody. So that's my main big point. Other points... So I think some of the weaker moments around his childhood in Smallville, I don't think are necessary. I don't think mm-hmm. really do much. There's a whole load of constant scenes of his dad telling him not to do stuff and him doing mm-hmm. it anyway. I don't really think it adds much to it. The film mm-hmm. is two and a half hours. And I think if you lost them, you don't really lose anything from the film, the moments mm-hmm. in the moments mm-hmm. in Smallville, with maybe exception of, like you say, Jonathan Kent's death or whatever. But even that, you don't need to see. You don't actually need to see it. It doesn't add anything to it. Um, then the then, then the final part is the sort of last 20 minutes are a bit smashy-crashy, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I remember, I remember enjoying it and then coming out going, fucking hell, that last 20 minutes was repetitive, wasn't it? It was just mm-hmm. two CGI men smashing each other into buildings. In, and lots also, of interbuildings. Lots it? of interbuildings. Yeah. And to the point where, you know, they basically decimate what, 
would obviously be one of America's biggest and most important cities. Mm-hmm. Well, that's which, why that's why Batman was pissed off with him in the him, second yeah. film. But, then, <laughs> but what they then tried to do was retcon into, yeah, that's why Batman hates him because he destroyed buildings and that it's meant to be Superman learning. I think what they tried to do is course correct their own error there. <laughs> And yeah. what they actually did was they went, well, let's just have them smash the absolute shit out of each other. Because I'm not being funny. Yes, it's a young and naive Superman, but you're not telling me you couldn't just punch him into the Arctic or something. Yeah, yeah. Or the Sahara or the middle of Australia and be like, let's just, uh, let's do it here. Let's do it in the desert. Let's do yeah, it, uh, away let's from do all the expensive all the people, buildings yeah. and architecture. Um, so, so yeah, because they obviously they, they make it, again, spoiler warning for Batman versus Superman, but they make a massive deal at the end of Batman and Superman of when Doomsday is there. A helicopter pilot goes, there's no population there, sir. Like that. Because yeah. you're watching it going, well, that's thousands of people dead. Thousands of people Th- dead. Tens, yeah, yeah, yeah. T- tens of thousands. If you're saying Gotham is like New York and Metropolis is Washington, mm-hmm. then it's, it's it potentially tens, hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. that are killed. And I just remember going, looking at it, thinking, I just feel like common sense would prevail and you try and get him away from that. And it just... It just, yeah, it just became a bit repetitive and a little mm-hmm. bit like, you know, I know this is a really adult, boring, square thing to say of going, oh, they're going to have to rebuild all that. Yeah, I know. And you would be fuming, wouldn't you? That all the money or the public money yeah. has got to go into that. It's just so careless. And then they massively missed an opportunity in the sequel by not having Lex Luthor tidy it all up and being like, look, I tidied it all up. Everybody loves me and hates him. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, that, that's about it for me. What about you? So the the big and the main thing for me in this is that I do think there are some really poor dialogue choices in here and some weak aspects to the script. First of all, and I feel like this is just an objective point here, there is heaps of exposition dumping in this. Mm. I personally found a lot of it unnecessary and at times it really come across it really comes across like the filmmakers just don't trust their audience at all. So the show don't tell elements of this film are really lacking and I thought this was a real shame. In other areas, so sentences or conversations between characters would go on just a little bit too long and go a little bit too far. Like they would just say a few words too many, like words that I didn't need added in there. So instead of a piece of dialogue feeling impactful and sophisticated, it just felt really obvious and cliched. And I've got a couple of examples of this, though there were a lot of them. But the first one is very early in the film as Jarrell and his wife Lara preparing to send Cal to Earth. And Lara's a bit worried, obviously, about what's going to happen when he lands there. And she says, they'll kill him. To which Jorel says, how? He'll be a god to them. And I was like, that would have been so much better if he just said how. Mm. If like she just said, they'll kill him. They're going to do this to him. They're going to do that to him. And he's literally just so sure of his power and his strength and his ability that he just says, how? And that was yeah. it. And I just, just a little thing like that, I feel like would have just been so much more powerful. Mm. Another one is with Lois Lane, and I know we spoke about sort of some of the casting and the choices and that before, but the script, the, the way she's written and a lot of the stuff she has to say, I think is really, really weak. And there's one part where she's asking Jimmy to either put her on a story or send her somewhere specific or something like that. And I'm exaggerating a little bit here, 
But what she essentially says is, come on, Jimmy, it's me you're talking to. I'm Lois Lane, the Pulitzer Prize winning reporter. I'm Lois Lane, damn it, journalist for the Daily Planet. Like it was just sort of <laughs> this really lazy... I know, you you work for me. I know who you are. I, it's, it, I know, you know everything <laughs> about me, right? And it just felt so lazy. Like, I feel like you really could have shown me all these different things yeah. about her using different storytelling methods, but they didn't. And I thought this was a real theme throughout. And it is one of, if not the weakest parts of the film. For yeah. Me. Um, the other two things I was going to mention, you have already mentioned. So I do agree with you on John's death. And I also really agree about the time hopping. Like when we jump back to when he's a kid, it feels really jarring and shoehorned in there. Like I think it just doesn't. They, they think people expect that. I, and you know, you know what's weird about this as well is I, I think I do want to see that. I do want to see it, but the way they've done it is bad. The way they've done it, it doesn't flow with the rest of the film. It feels really random and just feels really jarring. And my issue now is that I can't suggest a better way to do it, but I, but I didn't like it but I have no suggestions on how to improve it. So that's really annoying for me because usually when I tear something to shreds, I like to come and say, well, this is how I would have done it and I would have done it better. But, but having to choose whether you have all that stuff in it or not, I would have taken all that out. I, don't, I do not need to see any of that. Maybe you could have the odd conversation between him and his parents where they remember, oh, I remember when this happened, remember when that happened or whatever. But the way they've done it just did not work for me whatsoever. Um, and just finally, and I know that this is not a fair criticism at all, and it's just something that I wanted in particular, but I would have loved to have heard a little bit more of the original Superman score just sort of mixed in or like mm. repurposed for the score of this film. Just those few notes. I would have loved Ooh. to have heard a little bit of that in the in what Hans Zimmer was doing. I, I just it would have given me chills. I honestly think it would have done. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. Really complex relationship with this film that I can see that there's so much wrong with it, and the things that are wrong with it would usually ruin a film for me and mm. cause me to say I don't like that. But there's something about this one. It just, just it lures me in. The, there was a few films like that for me. There's like mm. films that are like, I know it's not that good. Like, I yeah. know Spider-Man 3 is not that good. Yeah. But I'll still watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, can't help yourself. I, just yeah. think, I think there's a, there's a big part of it of just because I get to see it. Yeah. And it's back to that thing of we aren't, I, I you know, we were never, we never, we, we were never taking this for granted. So when, when Spider-Man 3 was coming out, it felt to me like the accumulation of everything I'd ever wanted in a film. Yeah. Wow. Because I was going to get to see Spider-Man and Venom, right? Mm -hmm. And then when it came out, everyone said it was shit. I was like, yeah, but Venom's still in it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Same with, um, trying to think, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Uh-huh. I remember thinking like, yeah, but this is it. Like, this is this is the peak. It's, mm -hmm. We get to see him become Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. Everything's built up to this. Do you know what I mean? And this isn't on that level, but there is an element of me being like, yeah, but it's a new Superman film and it's for my generation. Yeah. So I think that just weighs it a lot for me. But we'll mm -hmm. see in the critical reception, won't we, which we can look at now. Um, so I've just looked at it, and this is going to be a tight one. Um, I'd be interested to see how it goes. So how do you think it did, and, and what would you personally give it? So I, so I obviously I've looked at the critical reception some time ago when I thought about putting this on my list. I don't accurately remember what it was, but I thought I just better let you know that because I like to be transparent about this. Yeah, yeah let's be and, honest. Because Well, because sometimes I get it bang on and I, it's, it's, it just feels like, oh, you're fucking cheater. You've got the page over <laughs> right in front of me, but I haven't, I swear. Um, 
so I think it did in overall I think it probably got a high six if I remember rightly mm. what would I give it I think as a film as a film it's it's probably uh, as a film I think it is a high six okay. how much did I enjoy it Mm. At least a seven and a half. Right. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe a seven point six, seven point okay. seven. So, at the time of recording, uh huh, on IMDb, yeah, this gets seven point one out of ten. Okay. Okay. The audience on Rotten Tomatoes give it seventy five percent. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> but the critics on Rotten Tomatoes give it. 56%, which averages out at 67%. So for me, I think this is a solid 7 out of 10 film, and that is underrated. What would you say? Oh, man, it's hard, isn't it? Like, like I get it. I get that score. I I think the critics are being a little bit harsh there, but the way it averages out, I get it. But for me, for me, this is a a 7.5 film. Um, I think it's so, underrated. I think we've got. Yeah. I think we've got to. I think we've got to say that, it. It's it's underrated. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Fuck Man it. of Steel. Fuck it. It's our Man podcast. We can say what we want. <laughs> Man <laughs> of Steel is underrated. Okay, there we go. Man of Steel is underrated. We've said so, and it's our podcast. So, so shove that up your bollocks. <laughs> um, right, Alice. It is mm. your turn to pick next week. Is it Batman okay. versus Superman: Dawn of Justice? Could be. Not um, yet. Not is yet. It... <laughs> what are we going to be watching next week and talking about next week? What are we going to be Supermaning about? So, so I thought it was about time to take a look at another classic film, oh. which is something we like to do every now and then: is. is watch a film that is regarded as a classic and try and analyze why it's a classic Indeed. and if it's deserving of that status. We've gone for some pretty. Pretty old classics in the past. Mm, we have. But I'm I'm going for a slightly more modern classic mm. of a film that I haven't seen. Josh, I do think you've seen it. And listeners, mm. you've probably seen it too. But this is one that has just completely passed me by. So oh. the film we're going to be watching and analysing next week is Ghostbusters. Oh, Ghostbusters, mm. eh? And you've never seen that before. I've never seen it. Fucking hell, that is a I big know. week. That's a big Man of Steel followed by Ghostbusters. We're gonna know, be people man. all over us, man. We're gonna be having all the all the little internet people coming out going, that's not as, as we get. Ghostbusters is underrated. True. Listen to the format of the podcast. Yeah, listen to the, it's just an argument. It's just a brief. Just least just leave it. God. Anyway, yes, join us next week when we're going to be talking about Ghostbusters as one of our classic films. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's films on that pod at gmail.com or all the social medias if you just search for just films and that. And you'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, we're on Patreon as well. So if you want to get a little bit of extra bonus content and support us uh, with a little bit of money every month, it's massively appreciated. Patreon.com forward slash just films and that. The links in the episode description. We're also on the television, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday. Friday from 6pm, you can find us on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. I'm also uploading all the episodes onto Daily Motion. so if you want to see exactly what it is we're up to, it's me and Josh talking about all our favourite underrated and unseen films. So if you type in just films and that on Daily Motion, you'll be able to see our beautiful, beautiful faces. 
Indeed, lots of ways to see us, hear us, get in touch with us, give us a follow and all that. But all that remains to be said is thank you very much for listening to a rather long episode as we talk mm-hmm. about Man of Steel. Um, and it's goodbye from me. See you next week. Cheerio. Bye. Bye.